Welcome to Truth Is Now Treason. We have been voted the number one podcast to help when the truth has fallen and it can't get up. Today, we want to talk about setting boundaries when those around you have hurt you. We're going to get into why we draw a boundary and what to expect when you draw a boundary. Now, unfortunately, this is something we have just done. I'm going to tell you, doing this will not be pleasant. So why do we set boundaries? Who better to look at as an example than God, who's the creator of our universe? So let's look at times where he has drawn a boundary. And we see this in Jeremiah chapter 5, verses 20 through 25. Now, when God, when you see God drawing a boundary, there are only two reasons for it. It's for protection or because of sin. So in Jeremiah chapter 5, God is addressing Judah, or we could say the Israelites, And he's not really happy in this passage. And he's basically saying, hey, are you listening to me? And this is what he says. Tell the house of Jacob this. Put out this bulletin to Judah. Listen to this, you scatterbrains or airheads. With eyes that see but don't really look and ears that hear but don't really listen. Why don't you honor me? Why aren't you in awe before me? And it goes on, yes, me who made the shorelines to contain the ocean waters. I drew a line in the sand that cannot be crossed. Waves roll in but cannot get through. Breakers crash, but that's the end of them. But this people, what a people, uncontrollable, untamable runaways. It never occurs to them to say, how can we honor our God with our lives? The God who gives rain in both spring and autumn and maintains the rhythm of the season, who sets aside time each year for harvest and keeps everything running smoothly for us. Of course you don't. Your bad behavior blinds you to all this. Your sins keep my blessings at a distance. And this is an interesting verse because in it, we are seeing the two reasons why God made boundaries. The first one we see is in the first part of this verse where God says, yes, me who made the shorelines to contain the ocean waters. I drew a line in the sand that cannot be crossed. God made a boundary in the ocean to protect. If the oceans were allowed to go where they will, humanity would not have existed. And this is an example of a boundary for protection. Now, there's another boundary that's mentioned in this verse that might not be so obvious. This one is at the end of the verse where it says this, Your bad behavior blinds you to all this. Your sins keep my blessings at a distance. This is the other reason God makes boundaries, because of sin. God tells Judah in these verses that he has placed a boundary between them and his blessings. And that boundary is there because of sin. Just like when God kicked Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden, he did it because of sin. Boundaries, they're there to protect us and because of sin. These are the reasons for boundaries. So are you wondering why God will not bless our nation? Look at how this nation deals with boundaries. Our fascist leaders refuse to enforce the southern boundary so that citizens can be protected. Any mention of a boundary to so many when it comes to how we are to behave is seen as a violation. We've become a nation that is infatuated with no boundaries. Our lack of boundaries will cause a boundary between us and God. So what about us when it comes to needing to have boundaries? Here is something that some people will tell you. They will say that it's unchristlike to have a boundary. They will say that, You are to forgive and to forget. And by the way, traders, that is nowhere in the Bible. We are to forgive. It does tell us to do that, but it never tells us to forget. Just be aware of that. They might say that, but it's not biblical. And they also will say that you're doing it wrong. 
you will hear tons of reasons why setting boundaries is a bad thing. But if you are drawing a boundary to protect yourself or you're doing it because of sin, then you're doing it for the entirely correct reason. If you're making a boundary between you and the other person to control that other person's behavior or even to seek revenge or to punish, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. If you've drawn a boundary to make a point, again, you're doing it for the wrong reason. When God drew a boundary to protect, he did it so that everything would remain the best that it could. No, this is the reason that you and I make a boundary. When we are dealing with someone whose actions could harm us or bring out the worst in us on a continual basis, and that's important. It's just not a time that somebody offends you or gets you upset. It's a continual pattern. This is when to draw the boundary. But again, this boundary is not to control the other person, but is to protect you. Yeah, an example of this is something we have been going through for the last six months. We've brought this up before. We have somebody that has accused us falsely, and they have constantly moved the goalposts when it comes to us reaching out to them. We've tried to compromise with them, and they just would not budge. At first, it was devastating our sleep, and it was affecting Lennox's health. The result was that we had to draw a boundary with this person. We didn't do it to control them. What they do is their choice. And we did this because of sin, because this person was lying and lying about us on multiple occasions. We even tried to make peace with this person by giving in to the first demand. And that wasn't good enough. And more demands kept being made. And this is when we decided to lay a boundary. And we did this to protect ourselves because their actions were affecting our health and it was hurting us in numerous ways. And we had to do something to protect ourselves from the chaos. Yeah, if we had not done this, what would have happened? We would have become something less than what God created us to be. God did not make us to be sucked into a tidal wave of destruction that is being spouted by someone else. It doesn't matter whether the destruction is intentional or not. It is still destroying you. And we were not made to be destroyed. Yeah, God made us to live at a level where we are at our fullest and we are able to bring glory to him in everything we do and say. You know, when the actions of another are constantly bringing us to the point where we are not who God made us to be, but we become a lesser version of ourselves, that is when the boundary needs to be drawn. This is why you make a boundary. Because there is something or someone that is preventing you from being what God made you to be. Now, here's something I want us to also keep in mind. With this, I am not referring to this authentic or healthier version of me bullcrap that we hear so many spouting. All too often, we hear people say, this is the authentic me, or I'm just being authentic. And when they're doing this, they're doing it as a way to excuse their actions or to explain why it's acceptable for them to treat others like trash or to make sinful or self-destructive lifestyle sound acceptable. When your boundaries are set up so that you can live a life that is not pleasing to God, your boundaries are not there to protect you. You set them up for your own pleasure, your own benefit, not to help you live the life you were made for. This is why we want to bring this point home. When you are making a boundary, make sure... That is one that you have numerous conversations with God about. When you have not made this a matter of prayer, your instinct will be to make a boundary that will not be for godly reasons, but will be for selfish reasons. And it will hurt you, your relationship with God and others. A boundary drawn without biblical principles is just a line in the sand to make you feel better and hurt everybody else. This is what selfishness does. It's an attempt to glorify yourself and demolish others. So you might be asking, how can I tell the difference between a boundary that reflects how God makes boundaries 
versus a boundary that is trying to control the other person. Well, let's use an example of the problem of addiction. Okay, you got a grown child who's living in your house and this person has an addiction problem. This problem is now becoming your problem because of the destruction the addiction is bringing. It's now to the point that you cannot be yourself because you have this person behaving this way in your house. You're watching this person to destroy himself or herself. And it's now becoming a burden on you and is damaging who you are. You go to this person and you say, I cannot have you doing drugs in my house. What you are doing is hurting me and other people. If this does not stop immediately, then you will not be allowed to live in my house. You will have to leave and find somewhere else to live. Here's an example that you have drawn a boundary that is protecting you because their behavior, this person's behavior, is hurting you and others. You drew the boundary not only to protect, but also because of sin. This is how a boundary is to be drawn. You're not telling the other person how to act or how to live. You are simply stating to them that if this pattern continues, there will be immediate consequences and that you cannot be a part of how they are choosing to behave. On the other hand, if you were to say, you have to quit drugs now or I'm taking you to rehab. Now, this is a very different way of doing things, even though it might sound like they're the same. The big difference here is you are telling the other person what to do. You are telling them they must get off drugs. You're trying to control them. You can't control people. Believe me, I've tried with Lennox. Headache constantly for 30 years. You can't control her. (laughs) This never works. You can't control people. They must make their own choices. You are setting a boundary to control. And almost always, people will react to that in a negative fashion. You know, how many times have we seen someone dragged off to rehab just to quit in a few days because they were forced into it? That's why a controlling boundary does not work. However, when you tell someone that their actions are hurting you and others, and that you will not allow that to take place, like the boundary of if you keep doing drugs, you can no longer live here, you're not trying to control the other person. You're telling them their actions are destroying you and others, and you can't be a part of that. With this, you are not enabling, which is a huge source of dysfunction. The person that we had in our lives who was hurting us, if we had allowed them to continue to hurt us with no consequences, there'd be dysfunction and we would be paying the price. We drew the boundary to protect our health and our sanity. We were not going to enable such dysfunctional behavior. It did not change the fact that we were hurt by it, but it has prevented more damage from being inflicted on us. What should you expect when you draw a boundary? Well, there will be a reaction to it. You can bet on it because for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. We learned that in science class, right? There will be people who will tell you also that this is not how a Christian is to act. But as a Christian, what are we to do if well-intentioned believers criticize you or even offer what they see as spiritual advice that tells you what you have done is wrong? Here's what you do. You politely explain that there is ample evidence in the Bible that we can see that our God is a God of boundaries. You can point out this chapter in Jeremiah, chapter 5. You can point out Adam and Eve. When they sinned, God drew a boundary. You can point out Abel and Cain and on and on. Also, remember that God is your Lord, not people. You don't do what people tell you to do. You do what God's word says to do. 
We are to model Christ. We are to act like the Son of God. But again, we need to make sure our boundaries are for the right reason. Another thing people will say when you draw a boundary is that you are to forgive the other person and that eliminates the need for the boundary. We agree. We are to forgive the other person. When we hold on to unforgiveness, it hurts us. It is a poison in our veins that will demolish who we were made to be. So we do forgive that other person, but our forgiveness of that other person is not done to change the other person, but to release us from the bondage of what they have done. If their actions do not change, we still need to draw the boundary to protect ourselves. You know, isn't that awesome? Isn't that cool? Everything God commands us to do is for our benefit. We forgive to give us freedom from the pain of bitterness. We draw a boundary to free us to live the fullest life that we can live to bring glory to God. And people may also tell you that your boundaries are not fair to the other person. Well, this is when you remember that your boundary is not there for the other person. It is there to protect you. Lisa said it, said it in this way in her book. Dysfunction exists when the level of access you give someone else does not meet up to their actions. So let's go on a scale of one to 10. If you give someone level nine access to you and they are showing level one responsibility when it comes to you, there is going to be dysfunction in that relationship. You are allowing them to have more access to your life than what they have shown they can handle. Would you put a sign in your yard stating the key to my door is under the rock by my front step? Of course not. Why? Because you know there could be people who would go by, read the sign, and they would get the key, come into your house, steal your things, or possibly hurt you. There are people out there who have level one responsibility when it comes to your home, so you know not to give them level nine access. This is why you have a lock on your door. It's a healthy boundary. It's the same with dealing with people. If someone, through their actions, shows they deserve level three access to you, and you're giving them level eight access, there is going to be dysfunction. When you draw a line, giving them level three access for their level three actions, that's when you see the dysfunction go away. The important thing to remember is that when you have drawn the line, you don't then say, okay, I've drawn the line. Now I'll take it away to see if they act better. That's not the solution. When the other party has shown you through a constant pattern of actions that they have moved above level three access, that is when you move the line to level four or whatever it is that looks like to you. And again, this is something we want to emphasize. This is about patterns or severe behavior. Every one of us, if we are honest, we can look at our lives and we can see times where when we interact with somebody that we love dearly, where we hurt them. We have all done it. I have done it with every person that I love. But when somebody does that one time, you don't draw a boundary. It is when it is a severe action or a constant pattern that is hurting you. That is when boundaries are drawn. That's what we're facing in our lives right now. Someone that had level nine access to our lives suddenly started having level one actions. We were devastated. We tried to reason with them. We accepted their first demand, but that demand just morphed into another one. We threw out a compromise for that one, and that demand then changed into a barrage of lies about who we are. This is where and why we drew the line. They had level nine access and were displaying level one responsibility. So we changed the level of access to level one. We drew the line because of sin, 
and to protect ourselves. It has not been easy. It's definitely not fun, but it has protected us. And that's what a boundary is supposed to do. And here's one last thing to remember about making a boundary. Do not make a boundary that you know you will not enforce. If you draw a boundary and then later let the other party violate that boundary, you're in a worse place than before. If you need to get help, then get help. Know that if you are placing a boundary on the other party, this may create a short period of chaos with them and that you will need strength and possibly help from others to endure it. So if you think this is the case, get others to help you. You know, we had some hesitancy about doing this episode because it's very easy for both of us to see people using this episode as an excuse to throw down boundaries that are self-serving and harmful to others. We did this because we see this topic as one that is almost never covered in the church. Now, there is an exception to this, and that's Lisa Turkhurst's book, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes. This episode was definitely inspired by her fantastic book. Now, this is two in a row that she's written. They're just absolute masterpieces. If you're struggling with how to deal with people whose actions might be toxic, this is the book to read. And if you are having trouble with this issue, please reach out to a Christian counselor. And I repeat, Christian counselor. Psychology is good when it's filtered through a biblical lens or through the word of God. So we want you to find a Christian counselor. And we understand that a little podcast episode may just be enough to awaken you to the fact that you need to draw boundaries, but you may have no idea where to start. We are not psychologists. We are just people who believe the answers to life are found in God's word. But there are times where others who know God's word better than we do can do a better job of guiding us. And this is where our Christian leaders, Christian counselors are here to help. We love you, traders. And if you would like for us to pray for you about boundaries in your life, then contact us at truthisnowtreason at gmail.com. We would love to pray for you. This may be a tough episode to listen to, but sometimes the tough things are the ones we need to hear the most and are the ones that will help us the most. Now, don't forget, we're going to be dropping a bonus episode on Tuesday. So please give that one a listen as well. Until Until next time, my fellow traders. traders.